0: Hi, I'm Nikhil Rawal, and you're listening to Working with Gen Z, a show where I have conversations with local and global experts who will help us understand the hope and aspirations of the Gen Z generation. The Gen Z generation is the demographic cohort succeeding the millennials. This show is going to examine all facets of the Gen Z life and the critical factors for winning their hearts and minds. We'll go deep to uncover what motivates them and their mindsets, plus expectations from an employer, brands, their views on money, entrepreneurship value, learning, and much, much more.
1: Welcome to another edition of Working with Gen Z. Friends, we've often spoken about the different dimensions that the Gen Z generation has to face as they enter into the workforce. We've looked at uh, the need for having a good culture. And we've often also said that in the war for talent, talent is actually one. So what are the ways in which the employer creates a value proposition? Uh, Today we're going to examine uh, what does it mean for the Gen Z, especially in the startup context, right? So if I'm a young Gen Z, Uh, How do I look at startups and from the startups perspective, uh, what are the ways in which I can recruit the young talent, right? There's a massive need for young talent, experienced talent. But what's my value proposition? What could my recruiting study? So we're going to examine uh, various dimensions on that. And to help you with that is my guest, Astosh. Astosh, welcome to the show. Hi, Nikhil. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ashutosh. And friends, as we've always done with all our episodes, I'm going to briefly read Ashutosh's very illustrious career. Ashutosh Kirk is based in Delhi. He's worked for the corporate sector for 25 years. He worked with ITC for 17 years and leaving in 1995 as the MD, as one of the group companies. Later on, he spent eight years in the aerospace industry as the head of the Asian operations. Uh, He founded the Guardian uh, Pharmacy in India in 2003, grew to the second largest pharmacy chain in India with over 200 stores, um, and he's also a certified business executive coach and mentors several CEOs around the world. AstroTosh uh, in January 1995 was recognized as the global leader for tomorrow by the World Economic Forum, Switzerland, active member of YPO, author of nine books, uh, as uh, very frequently featured on CNN News 18 as a panelist and um, so on. So uh, it's just a very, very uh, Let's just uh, background that uh, Ashutosh has, but is kindly requested to keep it brief. So, Ashutosh, once again, welcome and glad to have you.
2: Thank you, Nikhil. Pleasure to be on your podcast.
1: So, Ashutosh, we begin uh, uh, as with uh, all our guests. I know that uh, you know you <laughs> perhaps uh, right from the corporate innings to your innings as the entrepreneur, as an author. Uh, to, uh, you know, as a coach, uh, you know, what what is left for you to do, right? I'd love to hear, you know, what else can the viewers know about you in addition <laughs> to what I've sort of uh,
2: Well, you know, Nikhil, I've often said, and, uh, you know, we're talking about Gen Z, but I'm from the boomers' generation. I'm 67 years old. Yeah. But I started life uh, with ITC when I was 21 uh, years after my MBA. And I think one of the most important things that I have all done is to have remained curious. Um, and when I say remain curious means that there is always something new for each one of us to learn, for some, each one of us to understand, irrespective of what age you are at, irrespective of how much you may have achieved, how much you may, may be wanting to achieve. And that has always driven me. I mean, you know, at my at my stage of life, uh, I'm investing a huge amount of my own time in learning artificial intelligence. Uh, because i think it's something that i want to learn um so i think there is no uh, shortage of things to learn and uh, things to do
1: absolutely what a great message to start out our podcast and i hope that our uh, young gen z's are looking at it that you know there is there's no limit to you know uh, what we can absorb and and there's so much for each one of us so Asadot, our focus today is going to be about you in your career obviously led a large company uh, you've also been a very successful entrepreneur where you build it from scratch. And obviously, you know, that has been a, perhaps uh, would have been a very different experience. So our, our focus today is looking at talent from, uh, kind of a startup, um, context. So help us understand that if I'm a young company, a very young startup, right? What are the ways in which I go about recruiting talent and how much of that can be composed of young talent, right?
2: So Nikhil, the way I look at it is that when you are a startup, the first set of people or the first set of 15, 20 people you hire will come primarily because of your own credibility. You know, uh, the young people don't have enough confidence. Why, why your young people? Nobody has enough confidence that where will your startup go, but they trust you as a as the founder. So the first set of People who will join you will be people who trust you as an individual. And therefore, as a startup founder, it becomes even more important for you to be able to demonstrate your own credibility, demonstrate the direction that you want to uh, take your company in, demonstrate the careers that you can offer to people, demonstrate what are the opportunities to learn for the young people. And once that process starts to get going, then Uh, you can start looking at other forms of getting people on board. Having said that, there is never a dearth of talent in our great country. You know, there is more than enough knowledge, more than enough talent. The biggest gap is how do you match the skills of young people with the needs of the businesses, whether it's a startup or whether it's a large company. And that is the gap that uh, people are trying to fill Um, And of course, now new technology has come up. So a lot of the search firms are using artificial intelligence to be able to predict kind of skill sets that you need to predict the kind of people who can come on. So I think those are some of the things that uh, are there. And I'm sure I'll be able to answer in more detail as the discussion progresses.
1: Sure. So you're absolutely correct, Ashutosh. I mean, in a country like ours, where uh, the the demographics, perhaps as you would uh, think about from a talent perspective, are tilted. Uh, perhaps where we have a large pool of young talent available, uh, okay. you know, whatever the numbers say, I think more than fifty percent of our population tends to be below forty or below thirty-five, which is a huge amount of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, young people available as uh, a pool. But there is also uh, perhaps a tag. And again, I, I, I mean, be, with all your four decades of experience, uh, I'd be curious to know, lot, India churns out, for instance, a lot of engineers, perhaps more than in you know, the US and China combined. But there's the question of how many of them are employable. So mm-hmm. if you're in, a, if you're in a, a startup kind of an environment where all of a sudden, uh, there is a rapid growth uh you know what do you do? How much of the talent have you seen personally where you feel that you know what um uh, the, do I just kind of get on board people because I need it because yeah. you know I'm got to ramp up uh, or you know how do you how do you tackle some of that
2: so you know when when you bring on board the your first set of hires, you know whether they're uh, the 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 gen Z or the, the millennials or maybe older people also. Uh, it, at, in the early stages of a startup, everyone is scrambling to do everything. You know, because you know the founder. And as I've written in my, one of my books, as the founder of Guardian, I I had I, I've I've gone clean toilets, uh, and uh, I've gone in to mop the shop floors, uh, the 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 the, at the Guardian show stores and the floors. I have mopped that also, um, and I think that is the time when the first and most basic quality that is needed by any founder is number one, complete trust. And number two, uh, removal of all ego that we all tend to have, ahankar. Uh, and I've often, I've often used, I used to tell a lot of my young colleagues because I used to talk to them when we had over 1,200 people and working in Guardian that at their, in, at, at their um, you know, first meeting that would happen before they joined, I would say that Every time whenever you, you know, start going to a guardian store, remember to remove two things. Number one is take off your ego and hang it on the hook behind your bathroom door. And the second one was take off your watch and leave it by your bedside table because there's no place in retail or for that matter in at work for your ego or for your watch. When you have to work, you're to work. And to that extent I do tend to agree with what Mr. Narayan Murthy has recently said. That, <laughs> young people need to work longer <laughs> hours in India.
1: Yeah, it's created a big debate, but... Uh, absolutely, that's why I have said it. Correct, absolutely. And I, I was just reading in the LinkedIn half an hour ago back where it says, not about the hours, but it's really trying to push yourself out of the comfort zone. And, Correct. and um, and okay. So, so you're right about, um, uh, you know, trying to pick someone with the right attitude, with the right work ethic. Yeah. Um, the, the question then becomes, of course, is that, um you know at the end of the day uh when you're established and you know you have processes in place you have an hr but uh, in 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 a startup kind of an environment you're kind of running multiple sort of uh, uh, tracks at the same time right so then comes the question of you know um getting teams in place getting them organized getting them to collaborate getting them to really kind of work together right uh because um if the people strategy in a way kind of Goes wrong, right? Uh, everything is hinged upon that, uh, right? The, the, the VC says, the BE says that, look, we want X amount of growth by, but how do you get that? Yeah. So what are the ways and what have you seen, right? How do you manage some of that? Because you get into an environment, uh, with a lot of effort of recruiting the right people. But now that you've done, uh, you certainly don't have the time to kind of manage, um, maybe in, in the traditional sense that you would, you know, with BAUs and so on with, uh, in a large setup. So, uh, maybe even share, uh, you know how uh, how do startups do it?
2: So you know, there's there's some very interesting dynamics that take place when the founder and his or her first uh, team starts to grow. Uh, you know, once the once the business starts to grow and more people start to come in, the first set of people who feel the most insecure are the first team members, because now they do not get the same time as they used to from the founder. And therefore, very often, the first set of people who resign and leave are people who are part of the core team, because they start seeing that the founder has no time for me now. Now, the moment that starts to happen, that's when your first level of professionalization or more uh, people start to come in because now people are joining you not because of your own credibility alone, but now they are joining you because they have started to see that this business is beginning to ramp up and will is likely to go places. So you'll get, uh, you know, much better marketing people, you'll get much better operations people, supply chain people, et cetera, et cetera. And that is where the second set of the dynamics of uh, human relations start to come in you probably get a, a really good human resources manager, but then they are also, they have their own set of, uh, they all, all carry their own baggage. They all carry their own, uh, um, you know, uh, the learnings from different organizations. So that's when the first set of clashes start that people, people start saying, oh, this is how it used to happen in that company. And someone else said, no, but this is how it used to happen in that company. And then the founder's role starts to change because now the founder has to start to say, how do I pull together the knowledge that I have got from so many different places into something that I would call a culture, into something that I would call the knowledge of the organization that I am creating? And that is where a lot of the young people have to then start to accept saying, this is, and, as I, and I, to use the, the Guardian story, you know, someone would come from so-and-so chain, someone, and I'd say, I'd keep telling them, I said, we've got to develop what I would call the Guardian way. And I think that is what a startup needs to a startup founder needs to do, and his his or her young team needs to then be able to support them uh, in this kind of endeavor.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I uh, recall uh, uh, reading Bill Gates' book uh, where back in the early days, he would personally go and meet every single programmer yeah. that would come into Microsoft, and it yeah. was a moment of pride for every programmer to say, you know, I met Bill. And you would sit down and we would actually look at the code, and of course you know uh, as the company scale yeah. it's just simply impossible absolutely um, so you correct uh, so um Ashur, maybe i uh, you know double click and dive a little bit into your guardian story can you share within that whole experience right how was it for you in terms of recruiting what was the lead time like were there moments where perhaps you know would w- that become a, a almost like you know if, if this wasn't done well then perhaps the growth uh, may have been uh, yeah. halted. Uh, and then, what are the ways in which you are uh, ensuring, uh, ensuring you know the proximity, the culture, as you said, uh, the collaboration? That's so critical. Uh, so yeah, I'd love to hear you know how so, that went.
2: So, you know, when you come to service businesses like retail, or for that matter, call centers, um, or even technology companies, uh, I think what is very important is to have a strong bench strength, mm-hmm. so that. Uh, what is most critical is what the customer is looking for. So you cannot tell a customer. And we did have some case, uh, instances where uh, a Guardian store did not open uh, on time because uh, they weren't enough people allocated to uh, allocate that store. Now you know these are uh, you know these are ways that uh, businesses commit harakiri when when a customer is there to you know see why the to buy something and say the store hasn't opened why because oh I don't have people right? And we see this all the time in in, in you know uh, in airlines where a plane gets delayed. Why? Because the crew hasn't arrived on time and so on and so forth. So, I think what is critical is to make sure that the bench strength is adequate. And again, it's a delicate balance. You could end up with too many people on, on the bench uh, who are waiting to do uh, something. And therefore, this is a huge cost to the company. And yet, uh, the balance has to be that you don't uh, run short of people. Uh, the second thing that you asked me was about culture, you know, and I think, uh, building a culture is very, very, very critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a major, uh, factor in building culture is what, uh, a founder believes, uh, their company should be like, uh, whether it is, uh, in terms of doing business, whether it is in terms of pre- treating uh, treating their own people, whether it is working with consumers, whether it is working with state with your uh, suppliers or any other stakeholders. so that is a culture that needs to be developed and built and it's a slow process uh, it needs everyone's buy-in and uh, because uh, you know companies get large uh, it you know it is also the DNA of a company that needs to be built into every human being and that's a process that needs to go through. So uh, I've often been asked this question: that who's responsible for culture? And I've said the founder or the CEO, mm. uh, because I've heard a lot of people tell me that oh, we've we've told our HR head to do it, and now it's up to them to do it. Yeah. So I think these are both very important factors. Yeah. You know, you're, uh, have, need to have enough people available, and to second is to knit them in uh, into the culture of the company, which itself is a fragile for a startup, and therefore uh, you know the, the founder. Uh, himself or herself has to walk
1: the talk. Sure, no, well, excellent. Um, so, so one question uh, again to build on that, Astosh, is that um, you know, uh, since our focus is Gen Z, uh, uh, there is enough out there that says that they're not loyal and and they want to hop jobs and so on and so forth, and perhaps mm-hmm. one can say that maybe the choices are also more. uh, uh and uh, you know, I've seen where. They want to know if it's a traditional company to say, when can I become a vice president? Or can you tell me if I will reach X in 10 years or 15 years? Now, in a startup environment, obviously you, as you mentioned, it's the credibility of the owner, the trust and so on, right? Uh, But at some point, um, uh, you know, I as an employee have to feel that I'm growing. And therefore, you perhaps don't have, and I'd be curious to know the luxury where you have a traditional kind of an HR function who puts you through training programs and say, you know, go do this, you know, go venture out. And so how do you, how do you in that environment uh, keep them motivated to say that you know what uh, there is something bigger for you uh, uh, on the horizon, or uh, because you could easily probably uh, you know there could come a time where maybe uh, you ran so fast in that one year or two years and then there's a burnout. Unless there is some kind of an assurance to say that you know I'll be doing something better, bigger. So curious to know you know if, if you saw that within your own journey and you know how do how do startup owners manage that?
2: So. Um- Nikhil, my first comment to you is that it's not just Gen Zs, Uh, you know, it's a question of an age. You know, I remember when I was 22 years old, I was also wanting to say, you know, and in those days, we didn't have any of these alphabet soup now, you know, attached to to you. Uh, (laughs) But at 22 years old, I was equally ambitious and I was equally keen to say, how soon can I become, uh, get the next promotion and become a director or vice president or whatever else? But I think the realization that comes to everybody at the end of five, seven, eight, ten 10 years of working is that there is no shortcut to growth. Um, you know, you may have one year, which is very good. You may have two years, which is very good. You could have one year, which is flat. You could have one year, which is a decline in, in your own performance. But at the end of the day, uh, there is the trajectory has to be uh, moving upwards and you need to keep getting more and more, uh, um, more and more uh, happiness with the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, when you look at it from a young person's perspective, mm-hmm. what are the first set of few set of drivers? Drivers, you know, this, and that is to create wealth. You know, I need to get myself a car. I need to buy myself a house. I need all the luxuries. Of, and you, they must do that. But once you once you've got that first set of things, now, you know, some people may want a bigger car. Some people want a bigger house. Some people may want bigger money, but each of these comes at different stages of life. So I think from a startup founder's perspective, it is their responsibility to make sure that they paint the vision of the company so clearly to young Gen Z uh, employees that here is a company that will not to just value you, here is a company that will not just compensate you, but here is a company that will give you job satisfaction now job satisfaction is again something that you will that will get understood a little more as you get older because initially um every uh, gen, you know the, the young person rightly believes that uh, you know they know what the right answer is and their boss uh, you know doesn't seem to know anything at all and every generation has the same kind of thing i'm sure you've seen this even when when you sit and talk with your own school fellows they oh i'm from the batch class on... 1996. But you know, all batches after us have been quite useless. Yeah. <laughs> and I think everyone says the same <laughs> right. So I think we need to, uh, you know, young people, old people, they need that little dose of uh, patience. Because right things happen to you. Uh, right things happen to most people unless you go and mess up your career. Uh, some may do it in three years, some may do it in five years, some may do it in seven years, but the trajectory has to be in the right direction.
1: Sure. Uh, sure, absolutely. And, uh, but again, just, just one more question on that, Ashdosh, and then I've got one final question. It is that oftentimes in startups, obviously, you've got a success story. Everybody's celebrating and, you know, uh, wants to kind of, uh, you know, and then makes it to the news and, mm-hmm. and everyone's proud. But, uh, there are enough stories out there, right? Where perhaps, uh, and, and this whole, um, Debate about, you know, how much money is coming now into the system for, from VCs and so on. And is it rightly justified and profitability and all of that? But uh, let's assume that despite all of that, like if, if your startup goes through a lean patch or a bad patch and all of a sudden, you know, what started and looked promising, uh, again, you've got a young or perhaps even an experienced pool of people, right? Uh, what's your advice to, to, to the young Gen Z's to look at? How do you look at that? Right. In other words, do you just say, do I, do well, I now tend to say that, you know maybe a startup wasn't for me. I'm better off going to just an established company. Mm. Uh, they can tell me where a career path is. What would you say to them? What's your advice mm. there?
2: So, again, you know, there's no right or wrong answer to this. I used to teach uh, at IAM Rota class in entrepreneurship, and I used to talk to many, many people. I think the basic thing to, for, uh, to ask if a company is uh, the run into has run into it has run into rocky uh, or you know stormy weather is is there enough cash in the bank to be able to sustain you for 12 months 18 months 24 months i mean if there's not enough money for uh, someone to pay for monthly salary then i think it's time for you to call it quits and go away uh, but if 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 it's a question of you know the business plan not delivering what people may have said uh, you know by December next year, and there's a thing, okay, it'll take two years, and you realize that you are a key person within the entrepreneur's scheme of things, then you may just decide to stay on. Because, uh, you know, remember that whichever company that you may go and work for, you need to reestablish yourself. In, in, in In an existing company, where if you spend three years or four years, you've established yourself, you've got the credibility, you've been given independence, you're trusted as a person. But if you walk away, it's not necessary that you'll get the same kind of support uh, immediately because there'll be other people you'll be competing with. So uh, there's no right or wrong answer. Um, Many people may choose to go uh, and work for a large company, which is very, very good because you learn some good practices. Many people may want to start off on their own. Many people may want to pivot and go into some other startup. So it's entirely very personal.
1: Sure, sure. Um, Oscar, you are an advisor to many CEOs. You've obviously built one very successful, uh, uh, company, uh, in addition to a very illustrious career, uh, with a large company. Uh, as you look at the, um, kind of started ecosystem and the companies or the CEOs that you talk to, any other success stories that you can think of where, you know, uh, in addition to the, your own story that you mentioned that where, you know, people have managed getting talent uh superbly well keeping the flock together and all the things that we've talked about uh, just just uh, maybe another story any success story that that you feel you can No
2: uh... so, Nikhil there will be many 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 companies who sure. uh you know have built all the tech companies are great examples of how they've built such large uh you know basis for employment I was reading this afternoon uh, somewhere that the Tata group which is one of the oldest groups of India employs 900,000 people uh, you know, with a very strong culture. Uh, so, you know, the tech companies employ a huge number, but on the other hand, there are 75,000 startups in India. And if all of them are empl- employing even 10 people on average, then that's 750,000 people employed there. So uh, I think it's, uh, you know, I'm not sure if I can give you a very straight answer on that, but there are many, many, many entrepreneurs who have built some amazing companies, giving amazing career opportunities. And uh, what is very important also to study, around is that how many of these uh, leaders of these companies, how many have spawned many more startups from the people they have trained with themselves? So I'm sure there must be thousands of such examples.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so you, let's let's say, um, just as I closing out, Arsh, what would be your advice if if I'm uh, you know, a young entrepreneur or an entrepreneur who's venturing into the, you know the deep waters here. Yeah. Uh, uh, what are some of the do's and don'ts uh, from, especially from the talent perspective, right? Mm. Uh, mm. Uh, whether it's an experience pool or the Gen Z that we spoke about. Yeah. Well, keeping in mind the recruiting process strategy, that's number one. Mm. And the second part of the question would be: What advice would you have for the young Gen Zers coming in to say that? Mm. Look, hey, you're entering into Uh, a slightly different setup. And, you know, maybe these are two or three things you should do and should not do. So Mm -hmm. one from the startup perspective, second from the... um, Okay.
2: So from a startup, from the perspective of someone who wants to start up on their own, my one advice would be focus on something that will solve a real problem. Mm -hmm. I've often seen this, that some, you know, the startup entrepreneur says, I've got this great idea. I'm going to build a product. And then, you know, a lot of money goes into building it. And then they suddenly realize there is no, there's no market for it. Right. So therefore, I think that is one thing which, uh, you know, I would, I would strongly advise startup entrepreneurs from the perspective of someone who uh, is going to start working for a company or a startup entrepreneur. I always say that uh, find a role or find a job that loves you. You know, we all say go and find a company that you love, but I'm saying, you know, it, when I say find a job that loves you, what I really mean to say is, uh, look for a job where you will get the same amount of satisfaction as uh, the uh, as as the founder will get from all your contribution you will make to it. Yeah. So, find a job that loves you uh, is 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 an important factor.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. What a beautiful advice. Uh, and um, again, friends, we've heard uh from asidosh's um years of experience both from managing uh and and leading a large company to really uh you know in in a, in a rich organization that is built right you know how talent becomes so pivotal to the success uh the need for having a bench the need for creating culture the need for being transparent and just you know uh you know kind of sharing because you know as you said the 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 you know the CEO needs to walk the talk. Um, and, and just uh, uh, how do you scale uh, talent in this kind of environment? So really, really enjoyed this conversation, Ashutosh. Thank you thank once you. again. You've shared some uh, some super nuggets uh, from your from your story and and all the work that you do in advising CEOs. It's been a pleasure and learned a lot. And I look forward to meeting you in person sometimes when I'm in Delhi next.
2: Yeah, thank you, Nikhil. I really enjoyed my conversation with you. Thank you, Ashutosh. Take care. Goodbye. Bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Working with Gen Z. I hope you learned and gained new insights as I did on understanding the Gen Z population a little bit better. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share this with someone who you think would benefit from the ideas and the insights shared on this episode. Please note, we also have a video version of this episode on the YouTube channel called Working with Gen Z you can find that version on that YouTube channel. Secondly, I would really appreciate if we could leave a review of this episode on Apple Podcasts so it will help us to reach out to new listeners for the show. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or any other platform you're listening to your podcast on. I would really appreciate if you could leave a review and tell us what did you like. Tell us what we can improve to help you understand this very important generation. Finally, as always, you can learn the many basics of the Gen Z generation through the book Target Gen Z, your guide to understanding the Gen Z mindset on brands, work-life learning, and more. This book is available both on the Kindle and the Paperback formats on Amazon. Till such time, I look forward to seeing you in the very next episode. See you soon.